You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. There are times where, again, the flagrant level of idiocy, idiocy is very, very alarming. Michael Wilbon said he shouldn't say it, but he's going to say it anyway. You're damn right I'm going to say it because it should be said. Very, very dumb. And what could, if you're, listen, McDaniels, as we know he's a, a stud and a, a, so much promise. What could you have been that mad about on the last game of the regular season, knowing you got a playing game to come? What could have possibly made you that mad? that you're going to punch a wall and break your hand and be out for the daggone season. Mm. My Lord. I mean, tough to disagree with Stephen A. That's one of the dumb. There, there's so much to unpack off of <laughs> yesterday's Timberwolves shenanigans. But uh, that's one of the dumbest things you'll ever see. Punching a wall. Whatever was it, a door, a wall, fracturing your hand. I think it was described as a wall, and it is, yeah, it's beyond stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning, by the way, welcome into uh, Minnesota Sports here with Mackie and Judd, your home for Minnesota Sports entertainment, speculation, and therapy. So I was curious this morning on this Monday, are the national shows going to address this? And that that happened last night. That, that was the NBA countdown from last night. And I flipped on, because there's so many things to react to on, on a national scale here today, right? There's... The Lakers, you know, winding up in the play-in. There's Luka Don just on the NBA front. Luka Doncic trade rumors are already <laughs> percolating. You've got the Masters coming to to an end yesterday, and all sorts of things in the sports world. Odell Beckham Jr. is signing with the Ravens, and what does that mean for Lamar Jackson? I mean, if you're a national sports show, you're licking your chops this morning. Get up with Mike Greenberg, who I don't think I've heard talk about the Timberwolves since the Rudy Gobert trade last July. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's even been like a mention of Timberwolves or Wolves unless they were, I don't know, I, I can't think of a time. Sure. They spent the first 10 minutes with Wendy and with Kendrick Perkins talking about Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson and Jay McDaniels. Yeah. This is, of course, this is what it takes, as Stephen A. put it. Supreme idiocy to get the Timberwolves 10 minutes of love or hate, I guess, rightfully so, on national TV on this Monday. And how do you even contextualize the fact that Gobert, in front of 19,000 fans and TV cameras, takes a punch at a teammate in the huddle, and it's not the stupidest thing a member of the team did that day? I know. That's the incredible thing. And and actually, and Declan's got a couple clips we're going to play here, but... On the punch itself, and you kind of pointed this out. You sent us a video of, like the kind of a slow motion, a slow mo video, no pun intended, of of the punch. Oh, and you, yeah. and you, and you asked in the text, you were like, "Oh, look at Carl Anthony. Carl Anthony Towns is literally sitting right between them, and you know, look how sort of disengaged he looks." And I would, I would say that for everyone, you literally had two guys yelling at each other. They're trying to huddle and like drop a play. So you've got all the coaches, all the players. And you've got two guys yelling at each other. One guy's yelling at, you know, Rudy is yelling at Kyle Anderson to shut up and go grab a rebound. And 
Kyle Anderson is saying, why don't you go block a shot? And then Kyle Anderson calls him a an F and B, right? And Rudy throws a punch. And as this is happening, it's not abnormal for anyone. They're just sitting there like it's yeah. like this is probably stuff that happens behind the scenes all the time. We know that there is some D-low tension, and that was reported. Yep. But these guys are sitting there just throwing haymakers at each other figuratively and then literally. And then once the punch is thrown, it's like, okay, I guess now it's the verbal stuff we're used to. We're desensitized to it. That's how much this team hates each other. Uh, and then Rudy throws the punch. And Torian Prince saw it as an opportunity to, oh, I also hate Rudy. I'm yep. gonna, I'm gonna, it wasn't like Torian was reacting in a way of, oh my God, my teammate threw a punch. I need to, it was, oh, he finally did something that I can, I can say what I think too. And they had to hold Torian Prince back from going he went at, after Rudy. I know. Like, like he didn't try and separate the two. He didn't even look at slow mo. I mean, no. Kyle was just standing there and Prince does that. And, and then according to the piece that, uh, that Krasinski wrote in the athletic after the game, they went at, they almost went at it again in the locker room at halftime. So yeah. Kyle there, Anderson literally like went back for seconds in yes, the locker room at halftime. Yes. And so they had to separate them again. And I think that's partially why Tim Conley had to come in and send Gobert home. You talk, yeah. this is the height of dysfunction. And I do want to discuss this because there are some who say, look at what the wolves did. They came back and won that game, and they did. But I want to talk about this team. Well, let's let's. We're, there's a lot to dive into here, but let's hear what the. It's very rare that the national media talks about the Timberwolves. So by golly, let's hear the national media talk about the Timberwolves. All right, here's uh, Michael Wilbon on the debacle. How many years do you get to just do one stupid thing after another? Whether it's in game, during the week, in a locker room, on the way to the locker room, these are the playoffs. Everything you have is at stake. Do you look around at the other teams and see the way the Lakers and the Suns and the Warriors and the Bucks and the Celtics are conducting themselves? And then this is what you do again? Unbelievable. It really is. Yeah. All right, who else? Let's let's play on. <laughs> we got Jalen Rose here too. Coward move by Rudy Gobert. A team is an extension in a lot of ways of itself. It happens in frustration amongst the group, which lends to the team not watching Jaden McDaniels compound that with punching the wall. So the basketball guys, everybody, are just shining down on the Lakers because now they're going to wax the Minnesota Timberwolves on their home floor. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Darvin Ham are literally watching this unfold right in front of their hands. So just to put a bow on the setup here, everyone is saying internally with the Timberwolves anyways, and this is players, coaches, everyone's saying it's squashed, it's over. Rudy Gobert sent immediately sent a text message in the group chat to the team. He went on social media. He apologized. Kyle Anderson was asked, hey, can you coexist with him? And he said, yeah, I mean, it's not the first time someone swung on me. We're all uh, grown men here. Mike Conley said we're all grown men here. So, so everyone's saying it's squashed, it's over, Rudy has apologized, and now they have a game tomorrow night against the Lakers in Los Angeles. So what are your thoughts? All right, let's talk about this team. Screw that game, okay? Like, that, that game disgusted me, but forget that game for a second. Let's talk about this team. And let's use 
a word that once got Phil and me, it wasn't my fault, called into a program director's office because it was used approximately 750 times in one show that Phil and, and I did. But let's talk about culture, because I feel like <laughs> we talk about positive culture a lot. The Vikings have done a good job. There are some, there's some, some irony, some irony in that, uh, in that yes. meeting, too. Well, let's talk about culture. And, and apologies <laughs> to Patrick, too, because I know Royce <sighs> hates, hates this. But the culture of this team's an embarrassment. It's a joke. And let's not talk about Gobert. I mean, what he did was stupid. McDaniels, what he did, stupid. Um, let's talk about to the very top. Let's talk about Tim Conley, Chris Finch, and how little control they have of this team. And let's also discuss the fact that for everyone who's saying, oh, man, but the Wolves resilient, like the Wolves tried to say, we, we banded together and came out in the last two quarters of that game, and you did. But it's nonsense, and here's why. This team was expected not to be a playing team. This team made the moves to be a playoff team, not to bother with this uh, uh, sick, what's um, being outside the top six, okay? And for this team now to be playing like this and to be basically so fractured that to Phil's point on the bench, you have two guys screaming at each other and nobody, including apparently the head coach, is paying attention because Chris Finch didn't do squat. That Tim Conley, the GM, has to come into the locker room and send the guy that he basically mortgaged the future of the franchise for, send him home like he's in fourth grade, has to send him home. Rudy, you need to go home. You know, my God, what are you going to call his relatives and have them pick him up because he can't drive too because he's so young, stupid, and immature and then jade mcdaniels punches a wall a a guy who i said last week i I think he's maturing some punches a wall because he's upset about fouls because he's upset that he took now i understand the competitive fire but punches a wall but what walls undefeated last time i checked this franchise and i give them no credit this franchise and this organization has has done nothing to grow up and it starts at the top and, and, Phil, last thing, too, because I'm seeing this, and I'm so sick of this crap, because I've lived this before. Yes, Carl Anthony Towns had a good second half. Yes, he played a major role in the Wolves winning that game. And, yes, it's the latest tease from a guy who I might consider to be the ringleader of the circus that is the Timberwolves. Because how often has Carl, and we've talked about this, been a losing attitude and losing player? But he's, he he's certainly not a culture-setting personality, no, right? But he decides. But I mean, and I've seen this before. And I've and every time this happens, the the apologists come out and say, "Well, what would you do without Towns now? Score North wants to trade Towns. You're crazy." Every time we see this, and it looks like okay, this is just about done. A guy like Cat's like, "I'm coming in to save the day," and then he gets a second chance. But now he's on his 200th chance. All right, this franchise makes me sick to my stomach. And this whole thing of they came back and won, I don't care. I don't care. What we saw yesterday was inexcusable, unprofessional, and goes to the very top of the food chain. And if nothing else, I hope Mark Laurie sees this and realizes just how dysfunctional and inexcusable this whole thing is. You got to wonder, how do you think Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez are feeling? They went out and they went headhunting last offseason, right? Yeah. We're going to go and find a guy that's widely regarded as one of the top basketball executives in the entire league. And we're going to double his salary. 
We're going to double. He made $4 million a year in Denver. Made a very, very good, comfortable living in a place that was thriving, a team that's the number one seed in the Western Conference, in part because of the work that he did. We're going to double that dude's salary, pull him away from a city that he doesn't want to leave because we're going to make him an offer he can't refuse. And he comes in, and uh, and I am getting savaged across uh, social media, and I saw in our YouTube comments on the Flagrant Howls emergency episode yesterday, because back in July, I was the voice of, hey, this is this Gobert trade. Let, first of all, Tim Conley doesn't just take this job, make a trade like that to blow up the organization. He didn't have to make any trades in the first 12 months. He could have waited. He could have wrote out the DLO contract, Jared Vanderbilt, all these guys, right? And so I I have been the voice of reason. Let's let this thing play out. Let's see what happens. Let's get the team back healthy. And and I still stand by wanting to let it play out. I don't think you can just, you know, I mean, and a lot of people clearly, like, had an instinct that this is a dumb trade. It's the Herschel Walker trade. Um, If you had that opinion back in July, August, congratulations, I guess. But I, I wanted to see it play out. So Tim Conley took a good, scrappy, ascending team, traded three core rotation players and a boatload of first-round draft picks, and in the end, two things happen. Number one, everyone seemingly hates Rudy Gobert. D'Lo mocked him, according to reports. Carl and, and Gobert, it's not that they like are fighting openly, but they're constantly kind of bickering on the court, trying to figure out how they belong together, how can they fit together. Kyle Anderson... Torian Prince, two of the leaders of that locker room, go look at the way that that they just reacted to to Rudy Gobert, right? So we know that the chemistry is bleeped on this team in large part because of the trade. And secondly, if you want to go into the analytics and the statistics and get away from some of the more subjective stuff, the Timberwolves were statistically better when Rudy Gobert was off the court versus on the court this season. If you want to look at net rating and plus minus. And so I get, Mackie, you're nine months late to this take. Well, I wanted to see it play out. But yesterday was a stamp on one of the most dysfunctional seasons in 34 years of dysfunction. That's the crazy thing. And what I worry about, and you were tweeting about this yesterday, Judd, I don't want this crap, this immature, petulant, toxic, dramatic BS to rub off on one of the two most talented, promising players in the history of the franchise. Kevin Garnett was able to rise above some of the dif- this, the dysfunction, the, uh, the Stephon Marbury stuff, the Joe Smith stuff, paying him under the table. Well, like, he helped cost that. Yeah, he did. But, you know, you don't have to listen. You know, dysfunctional franchises. You know, KG had, like, Sam. Like, he had some guys that knew what they were doing. This is well, just at the, the end. He, at the end, he had Sam. You're talking about Sam Cassell or Mitchell. Sam Mitchell? Okay. Mitchell. Yeah. Sam Mitchell, Early. Terry Porter, yeah, yeah, he had some good guys with and, him. And you know, and I would say that like Ant has some of that too with with Austin Rivers and with you know Kyle Anderson's a little bit of an abrasive leader. But I listen, all I want Kyle Anderson in my foxhole in the NBA, mm-hmm. and so I don't. I think the the good thing, and I agree that game, that game, uh, was just despicable yesterday in almost every sense. But in that moment, in that one game both Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns rose above the fray in the second half and overcame a 12-point deficit in two idiot teammates punching each other and the wall yep. to knock off the Pelicans and at least get to the more favorable portion of the playing bracket. Yep. But I don't know that you can ask Anthony Edwards to overcome organizational dysfunction. Uh, one night, awesome. 
if this thing carries over into another season and then another season, um, that's what I worry about, that he just gets swallowed up by organizational dysfunction. So here's the path I'm charting. First of all, when it comes to Conley, I don't know if the now in in retrospect, the Gobert thing was just a huge swing and a miss. If if he deserves to take a fall, like and he's not going to because he's being paid too much. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, one, I'm keeping Nas. I don't think that's tough. Two, I'm trading Cat because I can't trade Gobert now and get back a return on what I lost, even close. Well, but that's can we pause there and go down that path for a second? Sure. Yes, absolutely. I think where we all agree, and Dex, you if you disagree here, let us know. You can't run this same roster back, right? Correct. And now that like Jaden McDaniels is out for the season, Nas is out for the season, call me crazy, call me a homer. Do I do I think they can beat the Lakers tomorrow night? I do. Or if they lose, do I think they can win a home game against Oklahoma City? Or like, do I think they can get to a playoff series? I do. Do I think Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and some of the complimentary pieces are good enough to make some noise and maybe even like beat Memphis or something? And it, I'm not saying it's likely. I, I but I think I think the upside for the remaining of the season still exists a little bit. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they got to the second round of the playoffs because of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns if they're playing at their peak. Right. That being said, no matter what happens from this point until whenever their season ends, you can't bring these same characters back. It's too combustible. It's too nuclear. It's too immature. And so to your point, you have to decide, are you going to turn around and trade Rudy Gobert? Are you going to go beg the Mavericks who need a shakeup and defense, right? Like, are you going to go beg some other team? Hey, give us 30 cents on the dollar for what we traded, 25 cents on the dollar, and just cut bait to preserve Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, who have actual chemistry together, and the rest of the team? Or do you do what you're saying, which is leverage the piece that would get you the most in return, which would be Carl Anthony Towns? I don't think you can bring these. And it's, and the fight wasn't between Cat and Gobert. I get that. But the whole thing just like isn't working, and I don't want to see another year of it. The, the issue with Cat is this. He is a losing personality. And a losing personality often does, and we've seen this before from certain players in this town, often does what Cat did on Sunday because he's got a world of talent. And they apply the world of talent too late. And like yesterday to me was too late. Like everything had gone wrong. And he's like, I'm going to save this team. And you know what happens then? Fans get roped into it. You can't trade them. It, I'm telling so, you, this is from this is from a chemistry experiment right? that's not working. And yes, Gobert is a problem. But Cat is going to be the common denominator of the biggest problem until he is traded. So what do you have to say? Because I guarantee you there's thousands of people that are hearing this or watching this right now. And they're saying, wow, how did Judd take Jaden McDaniels punching a wall and Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson in a game in which Cat and Ant were both spectacular in the second half? How is Judd taking this and twisting it into an anti-Cat narrative? Because who calls this his team? Who makes it very clear he's in control? Who said, I'm going to talk to this team tomorrow, and I have, I'm already watching film. Who took control? Who Who is the self-proclaimed leader, the self-proclaimed head of the Minnesota Timberwolves? Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I'm going to tell you flat out, and I brought this up before, and I will bring it up until he is until he is gone. 
This is Parisi, Suter, and the Wild all over again. And and in, invariably, Zach Parisi would do something, and I'd get tweets, you can't trade him. What are the Wild going to do without Zach Parisi? They, they need Zach Parisi. You're crazy. These are human beings, okay? Carl Anthony Towns has set a, he's made it very clear, and he's good enough to get away with this, which is what makes him dangerous here. He is good enough to get away with saying, this is my team. I lead. I, everyone listens to me. And you know what happens? Chaos. There is far too much chaos. And I haven't even got to the head coach yet, who, by the way, I'm not sure is a head coach. I think yeah, you're hitting on some, because this is clearly, now, I would say the Miami Heat have had great leadership structure from Pat Riley to Eric Spolstra, like guys like Udonis Haslam who protect Heat culture, right? And so there are instances where a great organization can have blowups like this, where Jimmy Butler is like trying to fight Eric Spolstra on the sidelines. But this feels different. This this doesn't feel like, oh, you know, things are just combustible in professional sports sometimes. Sometimes Tom Brady will yell at a wide receiver on the sidelines. This isn't that. This feels like a complete lack of, like, there's leaders on this team, but when the top most, like, high-profile, highest-paid guys on your team are either immature fake leaders or bystander uh, bystanders this is the type of thing that happens and so yep. i'm with you i think it would be very and i and it, as much as i have ragged on cat i think it'd be very dangerous this off season if you're looking to shake things up to just trade him to get rid of him i think i think there's a case to be made for trading rudy gobert for literally anything like addition by extraction i think you have to be very careful trading Cat's on a different level talent-wise than Rudy Gobert. So if you're going to trade Carl Anthony Towns because you want to shake this up and put just different pieces around Anthony Edwards, you need to get a boatload of assets back in return. Like, I'm talking a player or two that are excellent and draft picks or something. Um, but I just wanted I wanted to ask you that question because I know there's a lot of people that, like, are thinking more about yesterday and, well, why are, why are you making this about Cat? And I think you laid it out. I agree. Like, it's... Sometimes the blood is on your hands as a leader. Like if this happened on a Kobe or Shaq led team, you'd wonder, okay, well, where's the leadership from the high, highest profile players? Cat is the seductress. He's a seductress. That's what he is. He seduces you into and, and and again, the second half did that did that exact thing to fans, and I would guess media, and I would guess members of the Timberwolves. They get seduced. They get seduced. But is he a winning player? Is he a winning? personality is he a common denominator of all of the dysfunction that we have seen in recent years i mean yesterday is a gong show it's unnecessary is he uh what's the common denominator tibbs is gone ryan saunders is gone andrew wiggins is gone like look at it and to your point Gl- phil Gl- glenn taylor has basically handed the keys to mark Laurie, right and yeah. to your point phil in miami jimmy butler went after the coach but you know what they, they did? Bang, it was done, under control. Jimmy Butler, uncontrollable here, had to be traded. I'm just telling you, Cat is the common denominator, but he's a seductress, and so we always get seduced by, well, but look at the talent. Judd uh, brought up a point of, you know, and then sparked me, head of the table, which brings me down a, a wrestling path of Roman Reigns. Carl Anthony Towns is Roman Reigns before the head of the table. For eight wow. years... Where John Cena's clowning him on Monday Night Raw. Eight years, Roman Reigns was protected and shoved down the face of WWE fans. This is your guy. 
He's going to headline WrestleManias, whether you like him or not. He might not be a finished product on the mic. He is mostly fine in the, in the ring. He's got all the talent in the world. The fans don't want it. It took eight to nine years for him to be finally over, finally over with great fractions, with great managers, with great storylines, and then finally it gets over eight years. Towns has been protected by the Wolves for the exact same reasons up until he, Roman became the head of the table and now is universally loved and mostly accepted as, oh, wow, okay, this is our guy here. Towns hasn't gotten there yet. Towns is still protected, the number one overall pick, the greatest big man, big, uh, big man shooter of all time. He can do all these great things offensively, but he is still not universally protected and he's not ready to be the guy. When that type of stuff happens, where you have two dudes punching each other and Jaden McDaniels is punching a wall for whatever stupid reason and you want to be the leader, which yeah, Kat says tribe. he is. It's your tribe, It's, man. it's your, your tribe. tribe. This is, are you the head of the table? Do we want to acknowledge you, dude? And this is his problem here. And if, if the Wolves want to get something back, if they want to shake something up, it is trading Carl Anthony Towns. Because you can get stuff back, to Phil's point. You can get maybe multiple first-round picks. You can get ready-made NBA players. There's no chance the Wolves can just run this back. They can't. Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Behind door number one is a smart clear alignment treatment and a trip for four to Wisconsin Dells from Park Dental. Door number two has a custom closet system from the Minneapolis Closet Factory. Ah. And behind door number three, $10,000 in groceries from Cub. Ah. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. I love a good wrestling metaphor analogy. So I, I think Anthony Edwards is the tribal chief long term here. And I think I think it the quicker it can play out, the better. And speaking of tribal leadership, I actually you know, one of my favorite books that I've told you guys about is Phil Jackson's Eleven Rings, in which he writes it's like an autobiography. He kind of writes through each season that he was part of a championship as a coach and a player. <clears throat> and uh he he talks about the five stages of tribal leadership and the five stages of team. And stage five is, and yeah, I know, like, well, it's nice to have Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Yes, he acknowledges that. You have to have really good players to win. But he was a master at getting chemistry to gel, at getting the most out of, you know, superstar players. And uh, so the first stage of tribal leadership is members of the tribe do not believe that greatness can be achieved. They do not believe in team cohesion or achieving result, uh, result as a group. Stage uh, one teams do not see any point in trying, <laughs> which is like the go for basketball team or something like, mm-hmm. oh, we're just going to transfer. This is not worth it. <laughs> right. Stage five. Rarely do teams reach stage five. At this level, the team's mantra is life is great. This is a highly evolved team that removes ego from the equation. They have no need to compete against themselves or other teams. They just know that they're carving their own path of greatness. It's like a great jazz band riffing and playing off of each other. It's joyful, unselfish teamwork. Mm -hmm. Stage three is where the Timberwolves are at. And you can win games as a stage three team, which they they just finished above 500 for the 10th time in franchise history. Sure. Congratulations. 
I think there's some historical uh, perspective that we could lean into here too. That that's you know at the end of the day, back to back above 500 seasons historically, we'll take that. But here's a stage three team. It's the nobody appreciates what I do level here. Team members compete against each other. Team members can achieve greatness, but do so only for their own personal gain. They have yet to see how working together can achieve a greater mission and how helping their teammates will help them become greater versions of themselves. That's this team. They look at Rudy and they wonder this. Rudy looks at, why are you not doing this? For Why are you not passing me the ball? Right. You know, then Cat comes in and has to have a come to Jesus meeting with Chris Finch about why he's not getting the ball in the paint against well, smaller lineups. It's like, it's all yeah. about individual agendas, finger pointing, and they're talented enough to still win 42 games and maybe even beat the Lakers on Tuesday night. But it's not anywhere near the level of chemistry and introspection and maturity you need to be an actual contender in the Western Conference. Well, and Cat plays a terrible game, and, and push comes to shove. He meets with the head coach and Chris Finch, then a couple of days after that, basically now says, my bad, that's all my fault. He's, he's literally apologizing to dude, Cat. And, and, dude, Chris, like, so Finch, I said this to Kyle Tige on Flagrant House probably two months ago. So I'm not, I'm not calling, this is when they were, like, down in the dumps. This might have been actually around the, the big losing streak um, around the turn of the new year. So I'm not calling for his head yet. But I just, my biggest fear with Chris Finch is that he's, he's a great lead assistant, a great offensive schemer, which is kind of what he's been throughout his, his assistant coaching career. That he's like the guy you want as your lead assistant. Yeah. But I worry that he doesn't have control over the room. He doesn't have the ability to like get the best out of a full team in chemistry. And maybe you, maybe his argument would be, hey, you can go get Eric Spolstra. You can go get Doc Rivers. Go get Tyron Lou. Bring in any coach you want. They're not going to be able to squeeze 50 wins out of this group of immature, sort of self-agenda idiots, right? Like, that might be his argument back. Yeah. And maybe he's right. But I think I, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying he has to be fired, but he certainly hasn't done a good job molding something that he probably vouched for back in July before they made the trade. So let's let's strip down uh, completely the incident on the bench, because I, I think it is incredibly telling, um, not only on its surface, but below that. If you go through that whole thing, okay, watch it. Number one, nobody, to your point, Phil, is paying attention as two guys go back and forth basically screaming. Now it was like, like white noise. It was crazy. It was it was it was like it was so normalized that they were just like eh, these guys are screaming would, at each other. You would like the head coach at that point in time to say shut up, but instead he clearly says nothing. Or if he does, worse. If he did say shut up, nobody listened. That's worse. The other thing is Ant and Cat just sit there and to your point, just sort of take it. Now, if Ant had come out and said this is my team, I lead, and he had done the same thing. Cat did. He's susceptible to the same uh, criticism. But here's the other underlying thing. How many guys this year, and Carl Anthony Towns is a veteran now. Like, there's no, he's not in his third year anymore. Second year, he's still young. Carl, and so when Carl says, This is my, my team, there's no reason to say, No, it's not. It can be. But how many guys have come out? Austin Rivers slow-mo and basically said i have to lead i need to lead now these guys are you know in slow-mo's case hell of a player but he's a he's a role type player he is not a superstar 
And yeah. it's, did, did anyone like with the Spurs and with his other staff? Yeah. Was anyone like, oh, thank God Kyle Anderson yeah. was the leader of that Greg Popovich? Uh... Uh, <laughs> now he's an important player, but for him, so he's basically, uh, according to Krasinski's story, he basically had to tell, he had to beg Gobert to play because Go- Gobert had back spasms that I guess surfaced on Saturday against the Spurs. And it sounds like Gobert wasn't going to play. And Kyle's like, and Slomo's like, we need you to play. So he played. And then in the huddle, he's imploring Gobert to do more. That's Carl's job again. If you're the self-proclaimed guy, how are you not standing up and telling Gobert, we need more here, guy? Instead, instead, the guy who thinks that he leads the team is sitting on the bench paying no attention. And the guy who is the head coach of the team says nothing, or worse, if he did say something, nobody gave a damn. Like, think about this. This is a, to me, this is a 10,000-foot view discussion of this roster that goes beyond, well, he had a great second half. You've got to keep him now, right? Yeah, but that's where I think that's where a lot of people are at, which is, hey, bravo, bravo. And and Look, you've and you've yeah. done a good job kind of opening my eyes to some of that, and I've, I've ragged on Cat for that stuff for years, and I think I even gave it, kind of a pass yesterday because, like, yeah, on the court, he did what he needed to do, and so did Anthony Edwards. Um, but from a just, like, a 10,000-foot structural leadership standpoint, you're right, dude. You're right. Interesting. Um, a shout-out here to our friends at Underdog real quick. If you are looking to uh, get in on some play-in action, or maybe if you're like Dex and you were getting in on master's action making your weekend more fun to watch sports underdog fantasy is the place yes i did i enjoyed my master's week and i got some special pickums that happened uh we got a nice little slip on thursday my guy brian sent in this little three item parlay he took some lower scores on jordan spieth rory and scotty scheffler at one point at the master's a little 60 dollar payout for my guy brian at underdog fantasy yes there's some playing odds that are coming in in fact you can draft the nba playoff roster fantasy sports Never end at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, new users get a $100 bonus with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So you get 100 bucks to play with for free, whether that's in drafts or pickups. Show us those slips at Underdog Fantasy and go download the Underdog Fantasy app. And a shout-out to our friends at Nutrisource, the official dog and pet food of Mackie and Judd and also Purple Daily. Uh, the Nutrisource chicken and rice is Maya Mackey's favorite time of the day when she gets her, well, it's usually three different feedings for her, and uh, she wishes it was 17 because she loves Nutrisource chicken and rice so much, Judd. Well, and what is not to, to love? And Stella, well, right there, there are the treats because here's the best part. You know, Stella loves breakfast and dinner as well but she also loves those treats so when she go out goes outside it's the training rewards treats that greet her when she comes in and if they don't there is trouble oh who's our friend for Vinny? oh we had a little buddy over on friday night that's tito Aww. that's tito, tito the corgi and know who loves uh treats just as much as Vinny boy it is tito the corgi tito and Vinny were loving their nutrisource treat <laughs> treats on a friday night what does dex tweets do he's not going out to bars no he's giving his dogs nutrisource treats on friday evening that's what my friday looked like Thanks to my friends at Nutrisource. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. That's NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. Um, any just kind of final thoughts here? I, I, I will say that I think this is Anthony Edwards' chance to sort of rise above the chaos, and 
just go play your ass off against the Lakers, play your ass off against Memphis or Denver if you get to the, the playoffs. And just even if you're not ready to to be the actual leader of 30-year-old men, just like continue to take steps forward for it being obviously your franchise and force the front office to make some actual smart decisions this summer, I think. That's what I would like to see over the next couple of weeks. If I had a statement to make about this, it would be this. Stop embarrassing yourselves. Stop embarrassing yourselves. You're a punchline right now. You're a running joke. Like you were supposed to have this um, potentially special year, right? 50 wins possible. And you had, you know, let's be very clear, a lot of talent. Stop embarrassing yourselves. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let us know what you guys think in the YouTube comment section. You can also hit us up via the feedback tab on the Score North app. And uh, we'll hit you with, I know there was, that wasn't the only Minnesota sports meltdown over the weekend. We will talk gopher hockey, a rare gopher hockey discussion on Mackie and Judd as well today. So be sure to check that out.